Good morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here with your weekly economic nut update. Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023. So last week, uh, I'll start with corporate earnings before we hit all of the macroeconomic data that came out. So corporate earnings last week, a really good week of reporting, I would say. So we had a good number of S&P uh, 500 companies report earnings, and we had good reports from Microsoft, or at least good enough, uh, Google, Meta. And in addition, uh, it was good to see some breadth outside of just large cap tech. We had good earnings release from Boeing's, McDonald's, and Dow. So now we've had 51% of S&P 500 companies that have reported for the second quarter. 80% of them have beat their EPS estimates, which is above the five-year average of 77%. So the current estimate for the second quarter, 2023, is for earnings per share for the S&P 500 to be down 7% year over year. That's an improvement, a large improvement from the week before where the expectation was a negative 9.1%. So also uh, on a quarter-to-date basis for that 51% of S&P 500 companies that have reported, Revenue beats uh, have been 64%. 64% of that 51% uh, have beat revenue estimates a little below the five-year average of 69%, but good enough to move up the expectation for second quarter revenue growth for the S&P 500 to a slim, very slim, but positive 0.1% year over year. And just a week ago, the expectation was a negative 0.4%. So as we look ahead, analysts are still expecting second half earnings per share growth for the S&P 500. The expectation is for the third quarter, a positive 0.2%, and then a nice inflection in the fourth quarter to a positive 7.5%. So for all of calendar year 2023, as of what we know right now, the analyst estimate is for a positive growth this year of 0.4%. And just two weeks ago, that was... A very negative number. So uh, valuation-wise, uh, again, it's a little on the high end. It's 19.4 times forward earnings. It's above the five-year average of 18.6 and above the 10-year average of 17.4. So valuation is a little bit up there, but I think if we do see that earnings growth improvement carry on with the second quarter earnings and then a solid third quarter, I don't think valuation will be an issue for investors. So economic data that came out last week, I would say also net positive, in fact, very positive. A couple of metrics that were kind of weak, but not they weren't major. So the really good ones last week, I'll go through all of them, but consumer confidence was really strong. Second quarter GDP came out. That was very strong. Of course, we had the Federal Open Market uh, Committee rate decision, which is as expected, but the language was good, I think constructive for the markets. So in total, a really good week. So I'll go through them really quick. A lot of them last week. Consumer confidence, that's the government's uh, index. It was, it was expected to come in at 111.5. The actual was 117. So consumer confidence, huge beat. Uh, we also had uh, new home sales. Now that's the one that was down a little bit. Expectations were new home sales for the month of June, 722,000. Came in at 697. I don't get too worked up about these housing numbers, whether it's starts or permits, uh, because housing has been the sector and understandably is the sector that has been most hit by the increasing interest rates. So 
Not a big deal, I think, with the, the miss on new home sales. Uh, the rate decision, as I mentioned, was good. I think solid. The commentary following it was constructive. No curveballs, no expectation for further hikes necessarily. Um, then on Friday, I'll just go through these really quick. Personal income, personal spending. Um, personal income actually came in below expectations, but in this Goldilocks world of economic data, that's probably good. Uh, it's positive 0.3, but in terms of inflationary impact, not too bad. Same thing on the personal spending side. It was supposed to come in at 0.3, but personal spending actually came in a little better at 0.5, so it was good. So the last thing last week in terms of economic indicators that was very positive PCE, personal consumption expenditure, measure of inflation. It's the one that the Federal Reserve uses in policy setting. It's their primary. It's their go-to. It came in as expected at 0.2% month over month, both PCE and PCE core. So it hit exactly as expected. But again, it just corroborates the fact, and we've talked about this a lot, inflation peaked last June, at least on the CPI and it's been moving down steadily since. Now we're not past inflationary issues, but the trend has been good. It has been steady. Uh, and so this is just another data point of saying prices, uh, they're not going negative, but the rate of increase continues to go down. Now, going forward, wouldn't be surprised to see a stall out in terms of improvement or even move up a little bit. As you might have noticed at the pump, uh, gasoline prices have moved up over the last month. So gas impacts many of the sectors, uh, energy prices do so. Um, just sounding the alarm that don't expect future increases like we've been seeing, but the PCE number last week, PCE, PCE core, very constructive at a positive 0.2% month over month. So I'll talk uh, Fed rate decision. I mentioned uh, they raised 25 basis points, so the range is now 525 to 550. We take a look at the Fed Fund's future market to see at the end of the year what the expectations are. Right now, there's a 72% probability of no rate hike by the end of the year. So we could get one and have it reversed. But those are the numbers, 72% probability that will be where we're at right now, 525 to 550, or a slim 8.6% chance that we already have a cut by the end of the year. But given GDP uh, was strong and the GDP report came in at 2.6% for the second quarter that was released last week, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for the Federal Reserve to do any cuts. In fact, I think it gives them ammunition for one more raise, frankly. Uh, 2.6% growth in the second quarter was really good. So it came off the first quarter, which was a positive 1.8. We're at 2.6. And the expectation for the Atlanta Federal Reserve, who we always quote, um, their first guess at the third quarter GDP number is a positive 3.4%. So things are very solid economically and actually improving. So I'll just put that stake there that I think the Federal Reserve probably does one more increase and then calls it quits for some amount of time. So that's it in terms of the data release last week. So I always go through how the markets responded to that, and the markets responded very positively. So uh, whether you've noticed or not, we have had a very strong equity rally and a modest one 
in fixed income on a year-to-date basis. Last week, another good week. I talked about all the good data points, the earnings that came out that were that looked pretty solid. So uh, last week, S&P 500 up another 1%. So S&P 500 as of Friday up 20.4% on a year-to-date basis. And as I've mentioned several times in these podcasts, what has really led the way so far this year, mega cap growth, in particular those magnificent seven as they're called, uh, we are starting to see the breadth uh, widen out a little bit, which is really good. But on a year-to-date basis, the NASDAQ is up 30, almost 37%, 36.8%. And again, the S&P up 20.4%. So last week, uh, again, with the S&P up 1%, uh, you did have value actually outperform growth last week. Good for us. Uh, up a little over 1%. Growth was up about 0.5%. For the year, growth has strongly outperformed up 31.2%, but value, very solid start to the year uh, as we're sitting here at the end of July, uh, but value up 8.3% on a year-to-date basis. International last week lagged S&P again, was up 0.8%. International year-to-date, though, very solid year, up 12.5%. Last thing on the markets last week is fixed income. Took a little bit of a hit last week, terrible, but the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index down 40 basis points. So now on a year-to-date basis, the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index up 1.9%. So that's solid. Uh, Not a bad year, but uh, again, equities have definitely driven the positive returns this year. So uh, let's take a look at what we have upcoming this week for economic data. Fortunately, a breather uh, sort of relative to last week. We still have a lot of corporate earnings to come out, uh, but in terms of economic data points, we have four that we've identified that could move the markets this week. First one is tomorrow, Tuesday, August 1st. It's ISM Manufacturing. We've mentioned this several times. Uh, manufacturing, despite the fact that the U.S. economy has done well, manufacturing very much in a slump. Manufacturing, uh, the ISM index down eight consecutive quarter, eight consecutive months. When I say down consecutively, it's down below 50, which is the demarcation line between expansion and contraction. So eight consecutive months in a row of contraction level uh, readings from the ISM. The expectation is we're going to get another one, but a little better than last month. So the month of June came in at 46%. The expectation for July is to come in at 46.8%. Uh, two days later, Thursday, this Thursday, we have the services component of the PMI. Now, that has held up much better than manufacturing. We've only had one reading below 50 since really the end of the uh, COVID issues in 2020 going into 21. So that has been solid, consistently above 50. Uh, last month, the month of June, it was 539 uh, or the yeah, And the expectation is it's going to come in for the month of July at 53. So down a little bit, but still solidly in the positive. On Friday, uh, one big number, payroll earnings, uh, non-farm payrolls. Now, um, job growth had been fantastic. We do see that starting to roll over a little bit. Last month was only 209,000. Prior month was way over 300,000. So last month, 209,000. Month of July, expectation is 200,000 new jobs. Uh, Also on Friday, we'll get average hourly earnings. This is important for, uh, obviously, the spending side for consumers, 
but also the yin and yang of it is inflation. Uh, so if that number goes up dramatically um, on a month-over-month basis, you might worry about wage price spiral in terms of inflation. But uh, last month, the month of June, that came in at a positive 0.4% month-over-month. The expectation for the month of July is that it will come in at a month-over-month of a positive 0.3, again, suggesting less inflationary pressure. So that would be good. So that's it uh, for the economic update for this week. Thank you very much for attending, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.